on Monday last week. It was Valentine's Day, where some of us might have shared a greeting of love and affection with those who are closest to us. Our passage today is about God's love. In particular, having grace, the love that he freely gives that we don't deserve. And how we are called to love in a similar way, not just for those closest to us, but to all. Our continuation of Jesus' sermon on the plain that we started last week, sees the Lord putting more flesh onto the teaching that he gave the disciples about the way um, the world is supposed to look. We heard last week that the, uh, the world is to be turned upside down in the fullness of the kingdom. But what does that actually mean for the life of a disciple? How are we to live in a way that reflects the love of God in the here and the now? Well, we have to firstly get our head around who we commonly love and those we might not. Now, I'm not talking here of love within a family, of husband and wife, of parent and child, of brothers and sisters. But who we love in a wider sense. And I want us to begin by thinking of the love that is uh, philia, the, the love that is a, a friendship or affection that is the opposite of a phobia, which is fear or hatred. We tend to love those that we have a strong connection with. We have close friends that we share things in common with, supporters of the same team, maybe, colleagues at work, maybe the people in our church. We have something in common, don't we? And I hope that we have love for one another. And if we were in the military, we would be thinking of our brothers and sisters in arms, those that are of the same regiment, the same corps, the same group. But people are less likely to love those that play for or support a different team, that are on the other side of an argument that we are engaged in. Those of a different political leaning and those who get us aggravated. And of course, if we aggravate them, the unloving feeling is likely reciprocated, isn't it? They are not likely to have much love for us. The feeling of filial love brotherly love, therefore, is held within a group mutually sharing it. And we might be in lots of different groups, and within those groups there's love. It's that commonality that holds each together. It's about community bonds. But that's not the love 
that Jesus is talking about here. This passage calls us to have the unconditional love that is agape. This is love that transcends the community boundary. With agape, we still love the people that we associate with, but we don't limit it to only that bunch of folk. It crosses the boundary that is brother and sisterhood. And it doesn't matter whether that person loves us or not. They might actually hate us. It loves Ukrainians and Russians equally. It loves the people of another faith that we have never met. It loves the people that dent your car and don't leave a note. Or who fail to pick up their dog mess outside the church. It loves them. It cares for them. It wants the best thing to happen in their life. That might be hard to think of. Because sometimes we get a bit rankled. But we're also called to love. To illustrate his point, Jesus gave us certain scenarios or examples from situations where the law is broken. It's particularly abusive behavior, including violence and theft. Now, if you've ever been on a training course, you'll know that a case study is used to illustrate the idea, but also to make you, um, the person thinking, uh, the person hearing it, to, to think. You know, what would you do? What would I do in that situation, in that scenario? How would I respond? Is it the way that Jesus says we should? That's what he's wanting the crowd to think about, the crowd that are his disciples. And as we are the disciples today, we need to think of that too. How would we respond in the face of abuse, of theft, of violence? Now, I must stress at this point that as Jesus speaks of love, he is not condoning those inappropriate actions that he's talking of. He is not saying that their actions are without blame. And there have been times in the past by some to twist the meaning of passages like this in discussing cases like domestic abuse in a personal setting, encouraging couples to continue together with nothing changing. This is far from that. Turning the other cheek is not allowing established violence to continue. It's actually turning away from that negative Action and doing something that causes the offender difficulty in continuing without you in turn entering an escalatory cycle of violence. Turning the other cheek is making it more difficult for that person to abuse you. 
And if you are in a relationship where there is abuse, then please seek appropriate help. Perhaps through women's aid. You know, one in four women are said to have domestic abuse in their lifetime. One in six men. So there is men's advice line. You might want to talk to your GP or a health visitor. In an emergency, if you're at risk, 999 call to the police. Seek help in that scenario. It's not only right, but it's loving for that other person and for others that might also face abuse. In none of the negative examples did Jesus expect the disciples to passively, simply ignore the crime that is committed against them. He calls them to action with God's love. To pray, to move, to offer more, to make not demands for return, but think in new ways. In these ways of unconditional love, God's grace is made known. The taking of an outsider, uh, uh, by an outsider of a garment, translated usually as a, as a shirt, is to be seen as if it wasn't an outsider, but a member of your family that needed that item of clothing. Perhaps they are cold. What else do they need? Do they need a coat as well? Our 21st century range of possessions rather than the limited items of clothing and things in our home in the first century, a home of 2,000 years ago, make this concept really challenging. You know, in a time when people didn't have much to begin with, it was perhaps easier to think of those one or two items and how they could be shared. But that doesn't change the message here. We have to live in the reality that all in the world is God's, not ours. And therefore, we have to think how we can bless those who need. If someone asks you, is begging in the street, which is the picture here of asking for help, then can you feed them? Can you support them? in an appropriate way. This is about loving without any sense of return. It's a few weeks now since Christmas, isn't it? But it's a bit like thinking of Christmas cards and not only sending one to the person that's going to send one back. but sending because you want to send a greeting or to show love. You don't care whether that person sends one back or not. It's nice to receive one. It's about saying you are loved. 
Anthropologists consider the giving of a gift at a birthday as a, a, a sign of reward for being in a relationship and believe relationships are frequently damaged when no return gift is made months later when it's your own birthday, you know, when you don't get it back. When this is the case, such a gift, such a first gift, was not given in love. It's only truly a gift if you don't expect anything in return. What happens when you don't give? And what would happen if you received no gift? Or you receive a gift far greater than the one you can give back, maybe? Do you simply smile and say thanks? Or what happens to that relationship when you can't return that great honor you've received? God the Father has given us the greatest gift imaginable, the greatest gift ever, his son, Jesus the Christ. There is nothing in all creation that we can give back. All the world, all the universe is already God's. What we can do is say, thank you and praise his most wonderful name, remarking on the greatness of his love that has reached out to us. That's all we can do. All we can do is try to reflect something of that love that we've known. And so I've got a challenge for you this week. Well, maybe for more than this week, maybe it's for your life. But you can start with doing it for a week. I want you to do lots of giving. Lots of giving of smiles and hellos, right? Not just to people you know, but to people you encounter that you don't know. Now, of course, if, you, if you're hiking up a mountain or walking a dog, such hellos are commonplace. People that you don't know that are coming the other way with a dog, you also say hello to. You've never met them before, it's not an issue. In places like Linfield, it's relatively easy to say hello to a stranger on the high street. They might give you a funny look, but actually a lot of folk will say hello back. It happens, believe me. And if you do it this week, I'm sure you'll find folk you don't know will smile and say hello. Show some of God's love. But don't necessarily expect them to give you that return. You know, it's a bit like eye contact on the tube. You know, it just doesn't happen, does it? But smile. Don't expect it. It's nice if it happens. But the point is to bless and love others and not be bothered if they don't reciprocate. 
Okay? Otherwise, that wasn't done in a loving way in the first place. Right? If you feel bad when they don't reciprocate, you have to think, ooh, what was my objective here? The objective is not to get one back, it's to give one out. There you go. It's to give with love. We were undeserving of the gift of Jesus. But in God's mercy, in God's grace, he came into the world. It was God saying hello to us. I am here. I love you. I care for you. We can come to know him because of that thing that God did. And so we come to know the forgiveness of God and the life that is eternal. They can be ours because of that love that has been given. May we who are the recipients of God's immeasurable love be filled with it such that it pours out in no small measure to all that we meet in the week ahead. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we, we do give thanks for that great gift of your love. And there are times that we uh, struggle to reflect it. We might be embarrassed. We might um, have our own intentions and think of our own will. But help us this week to reflect your greatness, your love, your compassion for everyone upon the earth. Help us think in new ways of how we can be loving. And in so doing, may we see your kingdom grow. Amen.